This is the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80. I am not Freddie Freeman. I'm Shay Cornette filling in for Freddie today on a Monday. Harry Douglas in his seat dancing, though, as always. Lots to talk about here, as always. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. We're going to start this 4 o'clock Eastern hour on a high note. Because Tua Tagovailoa and Miami looked really good yesterday. And Tua looks great. 21 of 30, 249 yards, a touchdown. Yeah, he threw an interception, whatever. But uh, the Dolphins beat New England 24 to 17 in primetime on Sunday night. Let's hear from the head coach of the Dolphins, Mike McDaniel. I'm getting that dub in primetime. I told the guys in the locker room that they're going to feel like it didn't need to be a nail-biter. Um, and... That that happens a ton. You're fortunate to get the win in that in that learning process of how to how to um, you know make sure that that's not the case. Um, but overall, you know, a uh, on the road um, prime time division opponent. Those are uh, very very valuable games um, to be able to come up with the win. So I was, I was happy for all the guys really. Does Mike McDaniel ever get rattled, Harry, ever? <laughs> Does anything shake him, a win make him go up, a loss make him go down, anything? No, but I, I think his demeanor is perfect, number one, for the Miami Dolphins and that football team, but also I think for their quarterback, Tua Tungvaloa. And the fact that he understands how to be cool, calm, and collected no matter what, right? If they lose a game um, in the manner as which they did last year versus the Los Angeles Chargers when they went out to L.A. Or if they win a big game like last year versus the Baltimore Ravens when they came back and was able to do their thing, or should I say Buffalo Bills as well. So uh, he's going to stay even kill no matter what, but I think it, it's the makeup of that team, and I think it's good for a quarterback like Tua who needed a guy like Mike McDaniels to come in and be everything that he has been for him as a football player. Yeah, I I agree. And I think this is what, you know, when we talked about Tua, if he can stay healthy, if he can stay healthy, this was like the catchphrase we said all offseason long, what can the Dolphins actually be? This was it, right? Like, Dolphin, uh, the Dolphins have been good in in everything. They're so fast. Um, Tua has been accurate. They trust each other. Mike McDaniel is like, ready and able for the job. And I feel like when Mike first got there, when and when Coach McDaniel first got there, Harry, we didn't really know what to expect from him. And yep. you know, you can do a lot of like the hunted versus the hunter and all that kind of stuff and and yet still he's rolling right along. Like he doesn't miss a beat and, and these dudes play so well with each other and forget like all the Jets talk. Obviously we we've lost Aaron Rodgers so you know for the season. So we can't really talk about it in that same vein. But Forget all the Jets talk and forget all the Bills talk. Like the Dolphins, not only in that division, but to me, the Dolphins right, so far have been the best team in the AFC. No, I, they've, I, they've looked better I than Kansas City. I agree with you because when you look at Mike McDaniel, let me tell you one thing I, I love about him. He never tries to be someone that he's not. True. And I think those players accept that and they respect him even that much more because of it. But I'll tell you, last night was a major step, I think, for the offense of the Miami Dolphins. And a lot of people ask him, well, why do you say that, Harry? Last year, I thought they weren't committed to the run game. Last night, what Bill Belichick basically said from a defensive mind and a defensive perspective that we're not going to give up the explosive play. We're not going to let you just throw these bombs and stuff to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. 
we're going to play a certain style of defense and force you to methodically work the football down the field and beat us in that manner. So Tua Tungvaloa was able to do that. He was patient, took what the defense gave him. But I was most impressed with Mike McDaniel staying committed to the run game because that's another portion of this offense. If it's unlocked, this will be the best offense in the National Football League because of what they have and what they can do and the speed that you have to cover from a defensive uh, mindset. Mike McDaniel last night, Basically said, you know what, we're going to let Raheem Mostert do his thing from the run game, in which he had 18 carries for 121 yards Uh and two touchdowns. And then when that run game opens up things in the pass game, then we're going to take it. He allowed the run game last night to open up things in the pass game. But the most important thing is that Mike McDaniel stayed committed to it, Shay. He didn't stray away from it and get pass happy. And that's something that lets me know he learned from mistakes that he may have had or made in 2022 as a first-time head coach. And how about this? Tua Tungvaluwa now undefeated, 5-0 and against Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Oh, that, my goodness. That should be something in itself that, that Tua should be happy about it, it like moving forward. Tua's also, talking about Bill Belichick who? That yeah, was Tua exactly. Who? Forget about all that, right? Um, I had a, a point, and now, of course, it has escaped my brain, but nonetheless. I'm sorry. I, no, it's not your fault. My <laughs> phone rang, and I got distracted with turning off my phone, and, and now here we are. But nonetheless, yes, Tua Tungvaluwa, 5-0 and against New England and Coach Bill Belichick. That is huge in itself. And, and the Dolphins, they're just scary to watch because they are so fast. They can, they're balanced, as you talked about. Tua is accurate. He's so good. Nothing rattles the head coach. The defense does its work. And, and, and this is going to be a force, force to be reckoned with. I remember my point now. Here's what also impressed me about the Dolphins. Week one, they have an emotional game completely across the country on the road against the Chargers that mm-hmm. goes right down to the wire. How are you going to respond to it? You respond to it in prime time against a very good defense and a very good head coach in Bill Belichick with that. And to me, that's what was impressive. What did the Chargers do with it? Well, we'll get more into that in a minute, but the Chargers take another L. And to me, that the, you know, I think that Dolphins-Chargers game was more of the most competitive, but also the most emotional roller coaster, of course, outside of what happened with the Jets in all of week one. And, and that's how the Dolphins followed it up, which tells you in itself they're built to last and they're a good football team. And I would say this, at some point, they're also going to get Jalen Ramsey back from a defensive standpoint, right? Yes. And I think in game two, you see this defense start to come into their own on a Vic, Vic Fangio. Fangio. They mm-hmm. had some had some some breakdowns in, 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 in game one, but was able to finish that game with a sack. The other night versus the New England Patriots, four sacks, eight tackles for loss, eight quarterback hits. So look forward to that defense get get more and more comfortable as the season go on goes on under Vic Fangio as their defensive coordinator. And this is kind of how Vic Fangio defenses go. I can't speak to when he was a head coach at, at Denver because he was doing everything, but I can speak to the last time he was a defensive coordinator because he was that for the Bears, and I was covering the team then in Chicago, and the Bears were a top ten defense. It gets better with age. Vic Fangio likes to do a lot of tricky things. He likes to use he likes to use players in the the situations where they are best, most comfortable, and strongest at. And so he likes to to let the season kind of play out. And everyone needs to understand the scheme that he's running because it can be a little bit tricky. And so just from my experience and what I saw in Chicago, this defense will only continue to get better. And yes, if you add Jalen Ramsey into the mix, of course that helps. But they'll just understand more of what Vic Fangio is going to try and do and if they get if the dolphins are primed to get better it doesn't matter where that's scary for everyone else in the league we have this sound but but i would say say this really quick though two things with the dolphins if this run game can continue to be at the level in which we've seen it last night 
watch out. They're going to be scary as hell. They're going to put up points. Yeah. And defensive coordinators are going to lose their mind trying to prepare for this team. And then secondly, if this defense can continue to grow in this defensive system, because you have the pass rushers, you have a Kristen Wilkins, you have a Jalen Phillips, you have a, uh, a Bradley Chubb. And I think one of the best free agents that they were able to get was David Long Jr. at the linebacker position. And I like Javon Holland at the safety position and also Xavier Howard at the corner position. But when Jalen Ramsey comes back, that's a guy when you need him to play on the outside, when a team goes 12 personnel, that's one back, two tight ends, two receivers, he's going to play outside. Now, when a team goes 11, one back, one tight end, three receivers, he can move inside and play that star position. Now he can blitz. Now he can cover tight ends. He can do a lot of different dynamic things from that position. So just another another little piece when it comes to Miami. I did look up when Jalen Ramsey is supposed to come back. because I was, I was thinking, I know it was this season, but I wasn't sure when. It's not for a while. He's not expected to return because um, he had that full rem- meniscus repair. Yep. Not supposed to be back until December. So um, if they continue to get better and then plug him in when things matter most right after Thanksgiving, that could get Mm -hmm. a little bit scary. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. Progressive makes bundling easy and affordable. Get a multi-policy discount by combining your motorcycle, RV, boat, ATV, and more. All your protection in one place. Bundle and save at Progressive.com. From the top stories in sports. This is a huge story. To the bottom. So we reach the bottom of the barrel. This is Three Up, Three Down. Three Up, Three Down. Some highlights, some lowlights. It's a wave that we're going to ride here. And for some reason, probably because it's his show, Harry gets to be the positive one here for Three Up, Three Down. (laughs) Harry, why don't you start it first? Three Up, what you got? Number one. Number one, I'm going to go with Arthur Smith. And a lot of people got to understand, this is one of the brightest minds in the National Football League right now. But what he was able to do in that game from a play-calling standpoint versus the Green Bay Packers was phenomenal, in my opinion. That game got close down late. They had the ball into the red zone. He decided to go for it on fourth and one and decided to give it to his best player from an offensive standpoint, which is Bijan Robinson, and picked it up. The kahunas on Arthur Smith is what I love the most. Excuse me as I say pause, but the kahunas on Arthur Smith is what I love the most, ladies and gentlemen, because he actually went for it. And the way he utilizes um, I would say both Bijan Robinson and Tyler Algier, two guys who have a phenomenal future. Algier is in year two. Bijan is in year one. I think it's brilliant. I mean, brilliant. And I text him about that fourth down play, right? And here's what he wrote me back. He said, I have faith in our guys. I have faith in our guys. Arthur Smith, that's why you are you number one on my up list today, baby. The Falcons beat the Packers. I was not going to go too long before I let the world know it. Shay, go ahead with your down. All right, I'm going to start with the Denver Broncos. Um, we're talking about how good the Dolphins were. The Broncos had to face the Dolphins next, so they better get ready. And, you know, I was feeling it with the Broncos in this game. I was like, okay, they're starting out good. I think they had three good, really good first couple drives of the game. Um, they led by as much as 18 at one point in this game. They have a Hail Mary pass, and then unfortunately they couldn't complete the two-point conversion. Further, I, I don't know that they were dealt the best hand at the end of the game, but nonetheless, you let an 18-point lead slip away. feels like more of the same Broncos. And now we've had this term, like Broncos are going to Bronco. Like that's the new thing now we're going to talk about with this team because it doesn't matter who's that head coach, what Russell Wilson is doing, or the help he has around him. They somehow find ways to give it away. And what do we talk about good teams, how they find ways to win the Broncos don't have 
have it. They just don't got that it factor about them, at least not when it matters most. And that is what I was counting on with Sean Payton to bring to this culture, to everything, was to find ways to either win games or look smart doing it. And in this one, and when mattered most in the second half, they weren't able to do it. And so for me and this Denver Broncos team, now they've lost two in a row. They lost two games at home in a row. And they've opened this season the same way they, they started last season. And, and I, I hate that for them. The Denver Broncos, for me, are the down. Hey, Shay, I would say I would say this about Denver, too. Um, Russell Wilson had a better game. But better. when it came to the red zone and tight red zone, that's still going to be a piece of work. That's when I'm starting to see Russell Wilson not at his best this football season in the first two games. And also that defense for the Denver Broncos that they were counting on, they haven't looked like the defense that I've seen a season ago, especially early on. Well, it doesn't help that he was sacked seven times, too. Oh, um, we Lord, can add yes. that. We can add that to the situation. Uh, all right, let's go. Two down, two up. Up, let's go up. Who you got, Mr. Number two. Gary? Number two. I'm going, as Jerry Jones would say, uh, we got to pay Micah. You know, we got to pay Micah Parsons because that man is a dog, a straight dog. Tommy dog, doggy dog, mighty dog, underdog. I don't give a damn what kind of dog you name. My kids just got a new dog named Sam. It could be that dog. Michael Parsons is that dude. Two sacks, three tackles for loss, four quarterback hits, pressured Zach Wilson all day long. Had him running from him. You know how sometimes when you know the kid trying to steal your candy at the park and you try to run and get a head start? Michael Parsons was the kid trying to steal the candy. Zach Wilson was the kid trying to uh, get away from the kid stealing his candy, but he still caught him. So I'm going with Michael Parsons as number two on my list. Uh, I'm going to go with the Chargers as the down. The up is Micah Parsons. The down is the Chargers. And I've, you know, I, I hate to be the person that constantly is bringing up what the Chargers don't have because I know I sometimes can hate on Justin Herbert. And not because I don't think he's got talent, but because I don't think the Chargers and Justin Herbert know how to win football games. And you don't believe me? Well, look at what the examples that have been set for you over the last couple of weeks have been. Brandon Staley's Chargers are the first team in NFL history, people, to score 50 or more points and have no turnovers and have zero wins to show for it, okay? Do I have to bring up what we saw last season when they tried to go to the postseason and gave up 100 million points in the second half? I mean, this is a Chargers team that simply doesn't know how to win. They don't know how to win. Justin Herbert's not good in the red zone and when it matters most in two-minute situations. And I'm sorry, I think he has a ton of talent and there's so much talent on this roster. And I'm pointing at the coaching staff and at the quarterback you got to find ways to win. I've been saying this for how long, Harry? Two years? A Two long years. time. A long, Two years. long time. I've had stats on stats to back it up. I feel like Stephen A. Smith laughing at the Cowboys, which he can't do very much of now. But I feel like <laughs> that when I see the Chargers lose, I laugh. I'm like, I told you. I told you. It's the same story, different year. All this talent, nothing to show for it. Chargers, you better find ways to win. You paid your quarterback a boatload of money for what? He hasn't won a single playoff game yet, and you don't know how to win in the last. I mean, if I I don't have in front of me the stats, but I would love to get them. How many close games the Chargers have lost over the last three years? It's a it's lot. Gotta be, it's got to be the most in the National Football League. It has to be. It has to be. And, and I would say this: I, I would put them in a must-win category for week three they have to go to minnesota a team that's zero and two that could easily be two and oh right now we're going to talk to Kirk cousins at 6 p.m today can't wait for him to come on this show we're going to ask him any and everything we're not going to shy away from it for nothing shay nothing but they are they're the, the chargers in a must-win situation going to minnesota in week three now let's keep it moving number three 
Number three up for me this week, and I know Shannon Penn, my producer, Devin Kane, my other producer, a lot of people that work at ESPN, they gonna love that I'm finally talking about the Giants in a positive way. Daniel Jones is number three on my list when we're talking about up, is it up, is it up, is it up? You talk about 321 yards, two touchdowns, nine carries, 59 yards, another touchdown, led the comeback being down 28-7. Should have never got to that point, but a win is a win in the National Football League, and I'm not gonna discredit it. No, it wasn't Saquon Barkley that sparked things. No, it wasn't uh, whoever else you think it was. It was Danny Dimes. See, last week, he was the big Apple turnover. This week, he was Danny Dimes. So I got to give credit where credit is due. That's why he's number three on my up list for week two. I love how you said no. No, it wasn't Saquon Barkley or whoever else you think you're going to blame for this win. I mean, that tells you all you need to know, really, basically, about the Giants. Because Harry knows everyone in the National League. He couldn't even come up with another playmaker. No. He's like, there is nobody. There is nobody. Um, yeah, congratulations. The Giants woke up a game and a half late. But they woke up, and they realized the regular season is upon us. A little late, but at least we're here. Um, okay, let me go my third down. My Three, three up, three down. My third down sounds like third down, but nonetheless. Speaking of third downs, I don't think the Bears converted on one of them yesterday. And so it, would be, it would be the Chicago Bears. Um, I've already talked about how awful this team was, but let me do it one more time for good measure. Because to me, this is a little therapeutic, if you will. It's cathartic, quite frankly. Um the Bears are awful in every facet of the game. Their coaching staff is confused. Quite frankly, I have no idea what the thought process is. Tell the truth and shame the devil. That's what my history teacher used to tell me. Tell the truth and shame the devil, Shay. Go ahead. I'm trying to tell you. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I, this is the problem. I cannot find a single bright spot on this team. I thought it was going to be DJ Moore. And, and I, I, I feel for DJ Moore because I think he's looking at this team like, this is worse than the Panthers. This is worse than the situation I left. Bro, it is. Welcome. I don't know what to tell you. Like, you guys had all this juice, the Chicago Bears, heading into this season, and you've done nothing with it. The, the, the play calling's atrocious. The defense is horrendous, and you have a defensive-minded head coach. Your offensive line is confused. Your quarterback's holding on to the ball too long and, and doesn't even look like he wants to – he's moping half the time on the sideline. DJ Moore is finally getting involved, and it results in a touchdown, and then we lose sight of what What's important? The run game can't get going at all, mostly because the offensive line isn't good. And so everything is just a complete disaster, so much so that we have colleagues at ESPN reposting plays. No, this is your safe space. This is your safe space, like, Did we go to break? No, no, no. <laughs> we, we, have a, we, have a, we have a segment on this show called Safe Space where we, use, we have callers call in and talk about, you know, things that they want to get off their chest. This I is your safe space. Do your I thing, thought- Shay. I thought Devin caught me and was like, or Sam, and they were like, no more of her to break we go. I can't hear her complain about the Bears anymore. People, I'm telling you, it's awful. And quite frankly, who's going to fix it? Who, they keep, then you have Eberflus, Matt Eberflus, the head coach coming out saying how it, they look better. The whole thing Lies, lies, me. and more lies. I'm sweating. I can't, I'm sweating. I can't watch. I can't watch. And you know what they get to do? Lucky Bears. They get to go to Arrowhead next weekend to play the Kansas City Chiefs. How do you think that's going to end? How do you think that's going to go, Harry? But look, but here's the bright side of it, though, Shay. The Bears, in my opinion, they look like they're going to have a top pick in the draft or two oh. top picks in the draft because they Yay. own Carolinas. Yay. They, you know what? They might Maybe. they might be the Jacksonville Jaguars and get back-to-back years of the number one overall pick. I know they See? traded away this year for DJ Moore, who they don't want to utilize. Um, but yet still, that might be that might be their thing. That's the only bright side that I'm looking at it, uh, <laughs> right now. Can Caleb Williams save the Bears? I don't even know if he can do it because you need a new head coach maybe to do that. I don't know. I don't know, Harry. 
Well, I'm, I'm, I'm saying when it, when it comes to like Justin Fields, um, I need him when it comes to throwing with anticipation to be better. I need him to understand situations. There was a clip from the game where, you know, the opponent is in cover three, right? You have linebackers who have hook flats. You have a corner that has one-third of the field. The other corner has one-third. And the safety's back deep in the middle. So they're giving away free access throws to the sideline, right? DJ Moore runs a six-yard out route. And it literally puts his hands, like, to the side, like, Damn, throw me the ball. But that's okay, Shay, because if he didn't want to throw him the ball, he had a seam route going up the numbers wide ass open that he could have threw it to right then as well. He looked at that seam route and decided that he wanted to step up in the pocket and get sacked. Thank you for that, Harry. I needed you to paint that picture for me to just make me more upset. I really appreciate that. Um, you know, we're going to talk about a team that's winning coming up here, and that would be Colorado and Deion Sanders. Maybe Deion Sanders is going to the NFL to coach the Bears. I don't know. He seems to be the only thing that can maybe save this football team at this point because he is saving football teams, and we'll talk more about that next. Colorado finds a way over the weekend to college football. We go here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sports book bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Touchdown, Shy Low Sanders with a pick deep inside Colorado Territory. I'm proud of my kids, but I'm proud of this team. This team is, is phenomenal. The coaching staff is phenomenal. They were resilient. I mean, we started off playing like hot garbage, but we got it right. Our last thing was Brady mode. That's it. Simple. Brady mode? I'll Tom Brady mode? Brady mode. That's it. You <laughs> left too much time out there. Look, you got to give it to the Colorado Buffaloes. They come into this season with uh, eh, expectations. And anticipation, mainly only because Deion Sanders is their head coach, and they take care of a team that was in the college football playoff a year ago. 
They re- follow it up with a win against Nebraska, and then they follow up it, follow it up with a win against an in-state rival. It's it, call it what you want. It's impressive. This is Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Series XM Channel 80. Shea Cornette filling in for Freddie today. Harry Douglas here, as always, as well, as always presented by Progressive Insurance. And, and Harry was in Colorado, in Boulder, I should say, got to witness everything that comes along with Coach Prime. And in a game that was so tightly contested into the end, and I laughed. Look, you were on Mountain Time, so like you didn't know about all this. But like on East Coast Time, Harry, it was really – quite an Olympic sport to stay up this late to watch what Deion Sanders has been putting together at Colorado. But it was worth it on Saturday night. Yeah, it was. And it started from the energy in Boulder, Colorado. You talk about a place that was electric. And then when we went to the stadium, me and my co-hosts on Countdown to College Game Day that we do every Saturday at 8.30 a.m. So check that out on YouTube, the ESPN app, and, and also on Twitter, formerly uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, it was just the crowd. Shay, I, I, I'm recording because I, I just couldn't believe it, the amount of people that was in the stadium before the ball even kicked off. And I had a chance to go over there and holler at Desi Banks, which is a hot comedian right now and has that relationship with Coach Prime. Uh, Lil Wayne bringing a team out with one of his songs. Master P there with his sons as well. Uh, you talk about the biggest name people in the world showing up and showing out at Colorado. The Rock being in the locker room and giving them a pregame speech to Wayne Johnson. And, and, and I looked around the stadium and the reason why I was in awe because I immediately said one human being changed everything at this university one person in his vision and that was Deion Sanders and the Bible says where there's no vision the people will perish with obviously Deion had one for the University of Colorado University and now they're you know receiving the fruits of the vision that he had and also the labor that they've been able to put in and let's get to the game for Colorado State uh, they came out ready to play and I got to give Jay Norvell credit because those guys from the snap of the ball and intercepting Shador Sanders on their first possession was a drop ball by Jimmy Horn Jr. And then on the very next possession, forcing Travis Hunter to fumble the football and getting up in this game early was phenomenal. What I did not like was some of the cheap shots that i seen from Colorado State and their team. And either you're coaching that or you're allowing it to happen. The cheap shot that the safety put on Travis Hunter on the sidelines when the ball was already incomplete uh, was terrible in my opinion because now that's a phenomenal player, one of the best in college football, that has to exit that game. The cheap shot that they did on Shador Sanders at the quarterback position was also, you know, some bull junk, as Dion would say, and that player got ejected. It's just something that you don't want players doing, and you don't want them thinking that it's okay. So from that standpoint, I didn't like that from Jay Norvell's team. Uh, what and just to add to what Harry's talking about here, uh, Travis Hunter, who plays for Colorado, is now out for three weeks because he suffered a lacerated liver. Okay, I didn't even know that was a possible yep. diagnosis, but it is, and so that is you know unfortunate. Hunter, who again was on the other side of that bad hit, was taken to a hospital for evaluation. Um, it was a hit right to his midsection and a legal one at that in the first half of the Buffalo's thirty-five forty-three thirty-five overtime win against C State. Um, the school has not specified exactly what the injury was but I just told you it's a lacerated liver, and so we will figure out more what happens from here. Now, back to the back and forth between Deion Sanders and Jay Norvell. If you didn't uh, – I'll say this. While I didn't 
appreciate Nor- uh, Coach Norvell's comments before this game. It did make this game have even more hype than it already had going into it. It had mm-hmm. more conversation around it than it ever needed to have. Um and it made it feel like they're, these two teams are playing for more than just a W, right? Like, that's what it gave it, a little extra something. And I'll, I'll give it to Norvell, Coach Norvell. They played really well up until the end, and Colorado find a way, found a way to win, and I thought they were the better team, and they should have. But afterwards, both head coaches talking about the comments that were made about essentially my mama taught me to take off my hats and glasses when speaking to adults. It's something along those lines. Um, Let's start with Jay Norvell, who originally said those comments, the Colorado State head coach. Here he is. I was talking to my own team and, 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 and really reinforcing what we do. And so um, that's what those comments were made for. And so um, hey, this 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 rivalry's been going on way longer before I got here, and it's going to be going on way after I leave. There's always bad blood. It's just the way it is. Doesn't matter what me or Dion say. It's going to be bad blood. So you got to get your team to play. That's the key. And 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 so, um, but yeah, I, those comments were for Mike. My kids. What did Dion have to say? Uh, you can ask him that. I'm sure it wasn't nice. Uh, but but anyways, uh, let's hear what Dion had to say. And so here is Dion after the game on on what Jay Norvell had talked about earlier in the week. You know, I could be petty if they petty, but I ain't, I ain't got time for that, man. I'm, I'm on to bigger things. Hey, I'm happy for the brother. I really am, man. I'm happy that they fought, that they played a good game. I'm happy he's a head coach. I'm happy for any brother that's doing it and successful, man. I, I truly am. I don't. I don't know where all this stuff comes from. I have to respond because, you know, it's my mama taught me that. You know, you just ain't going to take me and I'm going to sit back and ain't going to say nothing. You, you doggone right. That's, that's the way his mama taught him. And he, he felt like, and I'm glad he had his mother in the locker room before the game to, you know, see the players or whatnot. But, you know, it's like growing up. Like he mentioned, if somebody say something about your mama, you put that left foot back and you're ready to get it on. And whatever happens after that just happens. But the, when, going back to Jay Norvell, his team had 17 penalties, Shay, for 182 yards. That contributed to their loss. And when you have a guy like Deion Sanders and everybody attacking him as a coach, it's a thing of beauty. I was right in the end zone when his son uh, uh, Shiloh Sanders got that interception and ran it back in the end zone. So seeing that father-son moment was a thing of beauty in my opinion. But then when you're down 11 in the fourth quarter and then your other son, Shador Sanders, who I think definitely should be in the Heisman Trophy race, finds a way to go down and lead his team to send a game in overtime. And in the overtime, he makes the plays necessary to propel the uh, Colorado Buffaloes to a victory. For him to be able to share both of those moments with two of his sons uh, with something that they thought was personal, and I personally did too, uh, coming from James Norvell, was something that, you know, you don't see every day. A black man as a head coach getting a lot of grief from a lot of people and his son's playing football and they feel some type of way. But both of those guys being able to make dynamic and meaningful plays in that game to help them win. And then you see Shador Sanders right after the game. He right there side by side with his father. He going to have his father's, father's back. So it's a thing of beauty for me to be able to see because I'm a fan of all of it.
Well, and your dad. I, I, I feel, you know, when you're a, a parent and you see things like that, it's easy to relate to that moment and be like, how cool. Like, how awesome m- must that be? You know, so that as well. Um, things get hard, though, for Colorado now. OK, like not that it was Ooh, easy, yes. but now it really gets real. OK, they're at Oregon. They have to go play in Eugene and then they're at home against number five USC. This is now we're going to see how prime time, really, these Colorado Buffaloes are. Because, look, it, it, they found a way to win, and they have found ways to win, and they have been the epicenter Boulder, Colorado has of college football. And I'm happy for them for that. But, like, now we're going to see what you're really made of here. And, and, and I'm excited for it. Like, this is must-see TV, um, and I'm looking forward to it. It's an afternoon game this Saturday, by the way, in Eugene. It's a 3.30 Eastern kick um, on ABC. So looking forward to that. And then, of course, the week after, Caleb Williams, USC, is all you really need to know. I loved hearing Shadur Sanders say he's going Brady mode, though, right? In Ooh, Colorado's yes. double overtime win. That was, that was great to hear. That he's mega ice in his veins. Exactly. Channeling his inner Tom Brady and... And him going Brady mode in Colorado's double overtime win is the Good Hands Moment of the Week. Good Hands Moment of the Week is brought to you by Allstate. With insurance from Allstate, you'll be game day ready every day. Visit Allstate.com or call a local agent today to learn more. Allstate, you are in good hands. Okay, speaking of, coming up here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio. An update we have for you on Saquon Barkley and how much time he is definitely expected to miss. You don't want to miss that next here on ESPN Radio. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue, and ready for the play. And... Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. The Freddie and Harry Podcast. Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, 
Channel 80. Shay Cornette, Harry Douglas here with you as always presented by Progressive Insurance. We got some news on Saquon Barkley. You know, over the weekend, the Giants came alive in the second half against the Cardinals. Um, but we did see, unfortunately, Saquon Barkley have to get helped off the field And so Adam Schefter tweeting this, an MRI showed that Giants running back Saquon Barkley suffered a, quote, ordinary ankle sprain and is now expected to miss three weeks. Harry, your reaction? Not good for the Giants. Now, we already talked about, you know, in previous shows and before the season even started about the schedule of the New York Giants starting off. And we thought it was going to be pretty brutal. But now to not have Saquon Barkley, things could really get ugly because they have the San Francisco 49ers this Thursday. They have Seattle, who gave the Detroit Lions everything that they can handle. And also the Miami Dolphins next and the Buffalo Bills. So things could get ugly really, really early for the New York Giants um, in Saquon's absence. Yeah, you know, I, I think it was good. Look, this could have been all bad if they didn't find a way to overcome whatever they had been going through and find a way to come back and win that game against the win against the Cardinals. You could have been talking about a team that could have gone zero and six essentially because they've got a rough schedule out of the gate. Mm-hmm. I think finding a way to win that game obviously hopefully gives them a new sense of confidence. Now they've figured out a way to score touchdowns, work together, all of the things. Saquon Barkley didn't have a fantastic day before he got hurt against the Arizona Cardinals. He had a touchdown, sixty three yards in the ground, seventeen carries. The second leading rusher on this team is Daniel Jones. Matt Breida, yeah, you're you're fine, but five yards and one carry isn't going to cut it. You're going to have to find a way to lean on other guys that are not named Saquon Barkley to, to help with your offense. And Harry, I, I know you like didn't mean to do this, but this basically said it all. When we were talking about, if you think Saquon, but you're not looking at Saquon Barkley to help you get a win, you're looking at other guys. Like We can't even think of dudes off the top of our head that helps this team win. And that in itself, that's them problem, not us. Like You need to make yourself known and available for this Giants football team to give them an opportunity to be in win- winning situations, be that a touchdown in the red zone or when it matters most. And so the Giants just need to find a way to wake up here now going forward because you're right, they've got a really tough slate. But I think best this was a good case scenario. Three weeks is not the end of the world for the Giants. No, no, I agree with you, Shay. Yeah, an ordinary ankle sprain, I think, sounds a lot better than what what could it be when you see people helping someone off the sideline. So three weeks it is for uh, running back Saquon Barkley, who suffered an ordinary ankle sprain. And now we get to a new, uh, not a new segment, a great segment called Good Take, Hot Take. Is it a good take? That's good. Great. Or a hot take. How hot? Red hot. Find out now. That's right. We're going to weigh in. Is it a good take or is it a hot take? And trust me, you know the difference. And if you don't know, you're about to know. Let's start with Evan Cohen, co-host of Unsportsmanlike right here on ESPN Radio. Here he is on what he saw from the Giants this weekend after their win against the Arizona Cardinals. This is week two for a team that was in the playoffs last year. They had to have a season-saving second half in week two. Think about that. Against the Arizona Cardinals, at least with my team in New England, they play two teams that could be in the Super Bowl this year. Are you serious, CeCe? You're going to sit here and celebrate that comeback? You're playing against Caleb Williams and he ain't there yet. This is week two. You had a season-saving second half in week numero dos. What do you think? Good take, hot take, Harry? No, I think it's a hot take, and a lot of people don't understand. They just think, you know, winning football games in the National Football League is like going to the store and buying Skittles. 
It, it doesn't work like that. Like everyone is a professional for a reason. It's a reason why guys are drafted the way they're uh, the, in the position that they're drafted. It's a reason why they're getting paid the money. You got to show up because we see this happen every year. We see the worst team in which we think in the National Football League beat some of the best teams in the National Football League year in and year out. And any, t- any chance you get an opportunity to get a win, you have to celebrate that win. I agree. I I do think it is a hot take, but I'll say this about what I think Evan was, and I didn't hear his whole take. I know we clipped it off there, so maybe he went on to say this. I do think there's a little bit of sense from from the Giants' perspective, and I know some of our guys here on the board, like our Giants fans, I do get the sense that they felt like they arrived a little bit. Like, (laughs) we went out, we won a playoff game, we're somebody now. And like, yo, well, after what we seen the breaks on Sunday bit. night football, yes, they have finally arrived because they damn sure didn't arrive on Sunday night football in well, week this, one. Shay. Well, that's true. <laughs> they now was they've a arrived. disappointment. But, but you know what I'm one. saying? Uh, you know what you. I'm saying though? Like they're like think about those Brady led Bill Belichick teams. They lost if they lost in the second round of the playoffs, you're horrible, you're terrible, you're not a good football team. You didn't arrive anywhere. There's this sense I got from and this happens with younger teams, I think. They got this sense that they arrived. They didn't need to pay Saquon Barkley. They thought maybe they could figure this thing out without him a little bit. And then now everyone's come to their senses a little bit. You have not arrived, you are nowhere near where you're supposed to be, and you cannot compete with the likes of even the Arizona. Cardinals until the second half. It's time to wake up. You are not someone that should be celebrating. Now, should every win be celebrated, especially one that was in that fashion in the second half? Yeah, I agree with that. But I don't know that you've quite arrived necessarily, Giants. I would pump the brakes. <laughs> Here's Damian Woody and Rex Ryan, our ESPN NFL analyst on Get Up This Morning. Is it a good take or hot take? Take a listen. The Cowboys look like the best team in the NFL. Team. Absolutely. Absolutely. You, again, you see the swagger on defense and you see an offense that knows who they are. Like we talked about with the Jets, like they don't they don't have they don't have their identity or who they want to be. The Dallas Cowboys on offense know exactly what they want to be offensively. Best team yeah. in the league. No, Rex? absolutely. Absolutely. You, you have to say it's Dallas. Now, I'm not going to sit up here and say it's a hot take. But it's not a take that I would make because I think the best team in the National Football League right now currently as it stands is the San Francisco 49ers. And that San Francisco 49ers football team just happens to be the team that has beaten the Dallas Cowboys the last two years in the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So let's not forget that, ladies and gentlemen. So for me, it's the San Francisco 49ers. But Dallas is right behind them. It's a good take, and in your opinion, it's the wrong take. Okay, yes. but it's a good take because through two weeks of of the National Football League and of football, they've been one of the best teams and have put on the best show. And you know what? We're tuning in every week to see what kind of drama we can get. And the Dallas Cowboys have proved to be no nonsense. They're good in every facet of the game. However, they have played a half asleep, uh, half asleep Giants and an Aaron Rodgersless Jets. So take that for what you want, but. Through through two weeks, they have been the best team in the in, uh, you could argue, I guess, because the Niners are out there, the best team in in the NFC. It's a good take, not one I necessarily agree with, but it's a good take. Uh, here's Chris Canty, co-host of Unsportsman Lake, this morning on ESPN Radio on the Cincinnati Bengals. The Cincinnati Bengals are going to miss the playoffs. Since we had division realignment in 2002, there have been seven teams that have started off 0-2 on the season and 0-2 in their division. Six of those teams missed the playoffs. The 2023 Cincinnati Bengals are going to be the one that completed and rounded out and make it 100%, make it seven teams. I just don't see this team being able to get it together. 
Ah, but the one team he's forgetting that actually did do it was the Cincinnati Bengals, and it was last year. So <laughs> if there's a team that can overcome that, Chris Canty, it would be the Cincinnati Bengals. Good take, hot take, Harry. I'm going to go hot take just because it's so early in the season. I understand the Joe Burrow injury may, may, may sway Chris a little bit in this decision. But I think when you look at the Los Angeles Chargers, who have started 0-2, that helps the Cincinnati Bengals. I think also when you look at the NFC South, or they're going to be able to get one or two teams in. I think the AFC North, they have opportunity to potentially get three teams in, right, if, if, if they play at a high level. So I think when you look at it from that standpoint, um, I think it's a hot take in my, in my eyes. I think it's a hot take, too. I, um, I still believe in the Bengals. I still think they're really good, and I think they'll find a way with or without Burrow for the next few weeks. I think that team is that good. Um, Herm Edwards, coach, is going to join us next here on Freddie and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and Sirius XM Channel 8. Thanks for listening to the Freddie and Harry podcast on ESPN Radio. You can also listen to Freddie and Harry live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app, the Freddie and Harry podcast.